We have had to watch some very bad Chargers offensive lines through the years, but it looks like in 2023, the unit could be a major strength. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Jogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for five seasons or seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Getting close to six seasons with Lockdown and also eight seasons covering this team in general. But thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also Find the show and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we are going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to talk about how the offensive line could be a major strength. Then we're going to talk about the interior of the offensive line. We all know how important Corey Lindsley is. And then we're going to take a look at the depth and why the depth is a big concern. It is a concern, and then this feels like a group that could go a lot of different directions, right? Like, I think we're very high on it, and I think that we are very excited this is a position group I'm very excited to talk about, but like, it feels like there's a lot of variance. It feels like there's some volatility to it. But today's episode is brought to you guys by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. David, I'm excited to talk about this group because I think I... There's a lot of things I really like about it, but I'm also banking on some things to kind of fall into place for this group for them to get to where I think they should be, right? And if you're looking at where the rankings are kind of around the league of places that have put the rankings out, Pro Football Focus had them as the ninth best line heading into 2023. If you go to Sharp Football, it was 12th. Pro Football Network was a flawed argument throughout their whole thing, but they had them 12th as well. But it seems like there's a consensus. Hey, this should be an above average unit, and it does feel like, if things go right, like this should be a top 10 offensive line. And if that's the case, that would be a gigantic win for this Chargers offense, considering all the other pieces they have surrounding it. Oh, yeah. I mean, my goodness, have we seen some really, really bad offensive lines with the Chargers <laughs> over the last several years? I mean, poor Philip Rivers. Turnstiles at different positions, like trying to find that stalwart left tackle, trying to find a tackle in general. I mean, that was a big, big problem for the Chargers. So to sit here in 2023 and say, hey, I got an all pro left tackle. Okay. I have an all pro center. I have a up-and-coming young right tackle that I just gave a new contract. I just rewarded with a new contract. And I have a couple of guards that are young and hungry, and I feel really, really good about that. To me, Daniel, sounds like a really good mix and a really good recipe for a strong offensive line. In that being said, though, it, there's going to have to be a lot of improvements from the line that we saw in 2022. Because, I mean, one thing is Matt Filer is out. Now Jamari Sawyer is in. We saw him at tackle. Now we have to see him at guard. Zion Johnson will have to improve as well. We're going to see him switch back to the left side like he was at Boston College. That's all going to play a factor, but like it just simply wasn't good enough in 2022 for different reasons. Sean Slater misses 14 games. That's a huge part of it. Corey Lindsley in and out of the lineup at times. Trey Pipkins in and out of the lineup at times. And guys that weren't ready to step in had to step in. But if you're looking at just what went wrong, I mean, as far as running the football, the thing part of this that doesn't get talked about enough wasn't good enough. If you looked at their Football outsiders numbers, 20% of their runs got stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. 
26th ranked run blocking unit according to DVOA Football Outsiders and 27th and second level yards and just what was created for running backs at the second level. So I think that Kellen Moore, obviously, hopefully we see him in the scheme help with that a little bit. And I just hope that we see, you know, this kind of youth movement all kind of click in. And if they can find that kind of chemistry that you know, they should have the chance to do during this training camp, like it does feel like it should be a top 10, you know, like that doesn't feel like a stretch, but like it also feels like it's kind of one piece away, you know, one thing going wrong away from kind of unraveling again. Yeah, no, I mean, this offensive line, I, I think that it has all of the elements that you need for them to run the football effectively and to be a team that can impose their will. Like, they have some guys that have some really incredible strength. I mean, Rashawn Slater is one of the freakishly strong, strongest left tackles in the league. Like, this guy really moves people out of the way. I think Zion Johnson, you saw some things last year where he was able to really uproot guys, and he was yeah. really able to, you know, have a, a strong anchor and to, be, and to be able to hold his own against guys. And then Jamari Sawyer, I think we saw a, a lot of that as well. I think when Trey Pipkins is healthy, I think he is able to do it. And and definitely Corey Lindsley, he's just an all-around really, really good football player player so I mean anything you ask him to do if he's healthy like he can definitely provide that for you I think there's just is a really young a good mix of young offensive line with some with some veterans in there uh, I just feel like these guys have the intelligence and they have the ability to go out there and run the football a lot better and they need to they have to be able to run the football when the other team knows they're going to be able to and still be able to get their job done yeah, and running the football is going to be hugely important, and that should be such a boost for an offense that just didn't do it well enough last year. But at the same time, though, protecting Justin Herbert's the number one priority, right? And last Always. year he was one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, and a lot of that's due to injuries, right? Guys like Foster Sherrill getting on the field, Will Clapp getting on the field a lot, the backups that we'll talk about at later on the show. But it, it just it still has to get a lot better, and it, there are certain reasons to believe that they will, but none other – then Brashawn Slater coming back, I think, you know, there's nothing that compares to that as far as kind of things you're banking on to improve this offensive line from 2022 to 2023. And that is like one of the most fun storylines for me. And maybe it might not be fun for other people. It's not a sexy <laughs> position to talk about, obviously, but like getting Rashawn Slater back is like one of the things I'm looking forward to most because that dude is just so freaking good. And he, I think he also can elevate the play around him. Oh, absolutely. And I think everyone needs to remember how good Rashawn Slater is. Okay, 1,116 snaps, 752 pass blocking snaps, only four sacks allowed, six hits, and only 26 pressures. And, of course, that as was in yeah. route to a second-team all-pro nod as a rookie. Okay, yeah. so that just means that he was one of the top two offense, offensive tackles, left tackles in the NFL that year and then before he got hurt he was in that kind of same place 175 snaps 113 pass block snaps only one sack and three pressures allowed by all accounts he was in route to another fantastic all pro type level of season so to get that guy back who and i think this perfectly illustrates how complete of a player he is his run block grade in 2021 was 80.2 his pass block grade was 80.3 that's just the complete nature of his game this is a guy that you can leave on an island he can take away the team's best pass rusher and you don't have to worry about adding extra protections to help him he can do it all on his own he wants to do it by on his own and he is more than capable of doing it so to have that just security blanket that ability that comfort level to be able to say hey Rashawn go do your job and not 
not have to worry about it. Yeah. That's such a huge strength and something that, you know, although Jamari Sawyer played admirably, the Chargers sorely missed, and it's going to be really good to have back. He was great. I mean, yeah, he allowed one pressure per game last year. Like, that's insane Ridiculous. to do as a as left tackle in the NFL. I mean, he's the guy I'm worried least about, even coming off of a major injury. I just have no doubt he tried to come back in the playoffs last year. Like, that, he's going to be back and better than ever. <laughs> he I have no concern about, and I hope, you know, that that's another thing, too, is like we were talking about running the football. It, it seemed like the Chargers last year failed to have a single strength, failed to have – Something, a bread and butter, like Kellen yeah. Moore's talked about a lot, yeah. right? Like, he's going to give them that bread and butter. He's going to give these guys less to think about and more just time to actually just play and react and, and like, not have to think as much. And I think that's a huge part of being able to kind of get to where you need to be, find the landmarks in the running game. And I also think that just combining Zion Johnson and Rashawn Slater, that gives you a strength. Two-plus oh, yes. run blockers now on the same side of the formation. I think if you have those two guys out there, those are two guys – Hopefully you can find kind of some consistent plays where it's like, hey, you need to go in this situation. You have two guys that are very, very hard to stop. Really strong, really athletic, really smart football players, both of them. Go, you know, Coming from Boston College and Northwestern, I feel like that is a duo that can really get going and really when they find that chemistry and they find that rhythm, that that's a, you know, a pair you're going to want to run behind. I mean, when you need those third and short, you know, fourth and short situations, you want to run behind your your big behemoth on the left side, and I think they're going to do that a lot this year. Well, and that's assuming, you know, that Zion Johnson can get in there and fit in better at left guard than he did last year at right guard, making another transition right after we saw him go through the growing pains that we saw him go through as a rookie. And I think the interior offensive line and the performance of that group, especially with Corey Lindsley being on the field and elevating those guys around him and also being able to help Justin Herbert with everything he helps him with, it's going to be one of the major storylines and one of the major things that decides whether this is going to be a really good group in 2023 or if it's just another season with us lamenting, right, and just saying, hey, this is why you have to invest resources into this group because it's so important. So we're going to talk about Corey Lindsley and the guard situation. Jamari Sawyer in at right guard, Zion Johnson in at left guard. Now, how will that all play out? We're getting into that coming up right after this. Before we do get into that, though, I do need to tell you guys about LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to do. There's no excuse not to do it. It's for free. And let me tell you that my wife is a recruiter, right? That means part of her life is getting commissioned. So not only just getting a person is always the right move, right? You got to get the right person. You want to get the dude the person, you know, woman, man, whoever, that's going to stick around. It's not always about just filling a spot. It's about finding the right fit, finding the person that is going to stay there. And that's what LinkedIn Jobs brings to the table. I mean, I wish my wife always talked about me the way that she talks about LinkedIn Jobs. And they have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quality... Candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This offensive line is going to be such a major focus for the Chargers and a major kind of have a major impact on whether this Chargers offense can kind of get to the goals we want to see from it, right? Because it's all good and fun to talk about the offense being more vertical and opening things up. 
you need time in the pocket to do it, right? You have to give Justin Herbert the time to let these guys get deeper down the field and to make these big plays. So it is going to be nice that we're going to see new play calling and things like that. But even though he played 14 games last year, David, I don't think we saw the Chargers offensive line get to where they should have been. A lot of that had to do with Corey Lindsley only playing in 14 games and missing major snaps in a few other games last season. And it's nothing against Will Clapp. I thought Will Clapp actually played fine. I think he was actually a really big addition to this team this offseason, just having some veteran help behind in the interior. But there's just no replacing Corey Lindsley on this team. Like, if he's not out there for you, if this, you know, knee issue that he had in 2022 continues to hamper him in 2023, it's hard to imagine this line gets to where it needs to go. Yeah, I mean, he he's such a force multiplier. I mean, in, in the middle of that offensive line, he's such a cerebral player. He's such a, a huge asset to Justin Herbert as, you know, he has his back to the rest of the formation when they're in the huddle. He's scanning what the defense is doing. He's trying to set those protections. He's trying to take that stuff off of Justin Herbert's plate so yeah. he can go out there and go and get the, his team in the right play and be able to you know, play quicker, think and not, you know, not have to think and go out there and, and go execute. And, you know, Corey Lindsley is just such a stalwart, such a fixture in the middle. He's a guy that he's going to make everyone around him better. He's going to yeah. improve the game of the two guards that are on each side of him because of his experience, because of, of how much football he has played. Like he, there's not a lot of things that he has not seen. So Corey Lindsley being healthy and being on the football field is one of the major keys to be able to get this offensive line to go and reach the massive potential that it has. It has an effect on Justin Herbert. It has an effect on the players around him. And it just has an effect on just the overall chemistry of that group. And I mean, especially when you're talking about the running game, especially when you're talking about passing off stunts and twists and things like that, exotic blitzes, who's taking who, all of those things are helped with Corey Lindsley on the field. And it also yes. helps that, you know, the dude had 858 pass blocking snaps and gave up zero sacks last year, right? So <laughs> he was well, easily the highest graded pass protector on pro football focus. He had a 90.2 grade. The next closest person had an 82 grade. He was number one in pass blocking efficiency. He only allowed five pressures in 14 games. Like, that is just unheard of numbers. It's crazy. Not only that, Daniel, but since joining the Chargers, Corey Lindsley has given up zero sacks and 15 pressures in 1,276 pass blocking snaps. Crazy. That is pure, unadulterated dominance from yeah. your center, Corey Lindsley. That, it doesn't get better than, much better than that. Especially when you consider the Chargers, you know, basically have been throwing more than anyone else. So I, I yeah. like Will Clapp. It's fine. It's just you, you can't replace him. And I think one of the major things you're hoping is that he can elevate those guys around him. If you're looking yeah. at the biggest question marks on the Chargers offensive line, a lot of how this unit does is going to depend on how Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson fill in their new roles, right? Yeah. Zion Johnson had a bumpy rookie season. In some games, but improved, right? He gave up 40 pressures last year, which, you know, he played the third most amount of snaps out yeah. of any guard in the NFL. So that's a, a very lot. important thing when you're hearing these stats, right? Yeah, like, 1,184 snaps. That's a Exactly, lot. right? But, like, he was 50th in pass blocking efficiency out of anyone with over 200 pass blocking snaps. He had six penalties last year. He gave up five sacks. Like, there's a lot of numbers you could say, okay, well, those aren't great, right? But he switched sides which is, you know, not an easy thing to do. He made the leap to the next level playing guard, which is also not an easy thing to do. We're hoping, David, that being back on the left side, being where he was dominant at Boston College, being next to Rashawn Slater and having Corey Lindsley on the other side, like, 
we're really hoping that gets another level out of Zion Johnson. And to be honest, the Chargers kind of need it, even though I thought he wasn't terrible as a rookie. No, and, and also I think we all have to rem- remind ourselves to not have the unbelievable, unrealistic expectations that every single offensive lineman coming out is going to be like Rashawn Slater and be an all pro. So I sure. think that was a little bit unfair. But for Zion Johnson, I do feel like there was flashes of him really looking like an NFL guard, like a guy yeah. who was able to you know stand up and really be able to stand defensive linemen up. But I feel like the definition of his year was was up and down. I feel like there were you know there were spurts. But I think one of the things I, I did see from Zion is he would make mistakes, but he would learn from those mistakes and he would not repeat them. And yeah. I feel like that's why there's one of the reasons why I feel like Zion Johnson his leap from year one to year two I think is going to be significant because I feel well, like he's yeah. a guy. He's just a guy that's going to be able to analyze his play, be able to see where he went wrong and be able to take that criticism and then act on it and make it better. And I feel like he's the type of guy that's going to be able to do that. So although it's up and down play, I think there's reasons to feel very confident that he's going to be able to have a a nice jump in his sophomore season. I think he will. I mean, I think the nice thing is, too, is he was already an above-average run blocker. I mean, for all the eligible players out of the 64 eligible players, guys with more than 200 run blocking snaps, right? He was the 13th best run blocking guard last year. There you go. Uh, And if you're talking about 64, that's basically all of the starting guards in the NFL. There's two on each team, 32 teams, right? So, like, in the top half of the top half of guards run blocking-wise. Now you're going to put him next to another dude who – in 2021 was the sixth best run blocking tackle and third best left tackle out of him, Rashawn Slater. Yep. Now maybe you got something cooking, right? But I, I, I like to think he's going to improve. Jamari Sawyer, though, that one's going to be just as hard to kind of figure out what to project him with this season because it's another one where you're like, okay, well, I saw him play left tackle as a rookie in the NFL and not skip yeah. a beat. He was yeah. a great left tackle at Georgia for a national championship team. But now he's playing right guard, right? So, like, that is another huge you know, transition for him and another huge thing that kind of has to go right if this offensive line is really going to be a top 10 unit. Yeah, and I think, hey, kudos to Jamari Sawyer, and I think we have uh, definitely many times talked about how important his play at left tackle was, but I feel like, you know, some of the things that gave him some trouble at tackle, like the speed and the twitchiness and the quickness, I think those are some of the things that get mitigated a little bit with him moving inside and i feel like you look at jamar yeah exactly you hope right but you look at jamaris all year and you're like man that yeah that really looks like a guard to me like he his just his posture his stature his strength i mean his brute strength it's real like i mean he's definitely a guy that that that, that looks mean he's gonna run people over but i feel like you know yes you and we can sit here and say his game is better suited for guard but he still has to go out there and do it right i mean it's what they originally drafted him to be right like right that's what they thought he was gonna be coming out and he and he did play it he played it in college too like so he does have some experience at guard but hey, this is the, this is the NFL, right? This is a completely different animal. But hey, he was able to come in uh, on basically you know no notice, play a very very good left tackle in this league. So that just gives you a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to plug in at guard and, and really just hit the ground running. Well, yeah, and I mean he had a lot of you know like he had Matt Filer next to him who was struggling too right, yeah. last year, right? And I think that's the other part of this is like he doesn't necessarily have to be a top ten guard in the league, right? But like. 
it's not hard for me to believe that he could be better than Matt Filer, right? Yeah. Or at least that Jamari Sawyer will be better at right guard this year than Zion Johnson was last year. And Zion Johnson at left guard can be a better left guard than Matt Filer was. So that's right. really the biggest addition and subtraction, right? Matt Filer out at left guard. Now you slide in Jamari Sawyer at right guard, move Zion Johnson over. It's moving parts, but you just have to hope that this group can stay healthy enough during training camp and, and have that proper time to get together and find some chemistry. I, I think Jamari Sawyer will be good, but like it, it's just going to be very hard for me to doubt that, dude. Like I, I just truly think yeah. if they need him to do it, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it well. And I do think it does better fit his skill set, but it doesn't mean it won't be a transition period, right? It, won't mean, it doesn't mean it might not be like a little bit of a rough start, and he has to kind of work his way into it. So yeah. it's pro- you, know, you have to have the kind of the proper expectations for it, too. But all of those storylines aside, the Chargers answered their biggest you know, off-season question, or one of them, when they brought back Trey Pipkins to be their right tackle. They gave him a three-year deal. Can he be that guy? I mean, the thing is, David, he was quietly already pretty dang good in 2022 and doesn't get nearly enough credit for it. So we're going to talk about that. But why behind him, things start to get a lot more blurry, and the questions about depth on this team are very, very real coming up right after this. David, this offensive line to me, I mean, I always love talking about the offensive line, especially when there's guys to be excited about, right? Like, I mean, there's so many seasons where you just went in and you had no idea, but like the everydayers know. The everydayers have been here through the good and the bad for the offensive lines, and it's been a lot more bad than it has been good. But that's just for today's show. We will be with you guys the rest of the week because we are back up to five days throughout the rest of the season until next June when we hit our offseason again. You know we are your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And this week, we have training camp battles, training camp storylines. We have more position groups we're breaking down. We have fan mail stuff we're going to get into as well. So, so much more packed for you guys as training camp comes up next week. And we're so excited to cover that as well. Maybe even Justin Herbert will sign his contract extension this week. Who knows? But one of the guys protecting him and one of the guys that's been trusted now to protect him for the next three seasons and kind of completing, you know, this Front five for the Chargers all being locked up for a long time now is Trey Pipkins, one of the key internal free agents the Chargers had going into free agency. They brought him back, David, and I think it was a huge win. I loved the move then, and I'm very bullish on Trey Pipkins hopefully being healthy in 2023 and really proving why he got that contract. This is just a great story, and I think with Trey Pipkins, like, and we would be the first to tell you, like, we gave him plenty, uh, plenty. <laughs> plenty of stuff that he needed to work on we were never shy about letting him know and letting everyone else know that he was not good enough but to well, his the Chargers credit, used a three a third round pick on too right so it's like he kind of came in with unrealistic expectations because tom Tuesco picked him out of nowhere right one yeah. of those classic tom Tuesco third round picks where it's like he didn't ask to be picked in the third round he found a division two guy from sioux falls that was a totally project kind of a player right that's not his fault but to see where he is now, David, like, it's it just, it's it's kind of like Michael Davis. Like, it would have been so hard for you to tell me three years ago that Trey Pipkins was going to turn into what we saw from him last year, even battling through injuries. That's exactly what I was trying to say. It's just, it's an unbelievable story from a guy that was from a very small school nobody had heard of, a guy that was probably picked way before he ever should have, and he took a couple of really bad seasons, went and rededicated himself, went and got help, 
and really paid it and really paid really paid off for him. Yeah. Like he, he went out, did what he needed to do, and it was fantastic. The Chargers stuck with him to their credit as well, and they reward him with a new contract. He fought through injuries. The Chargers like that in their players. If you're able to go out there and play and be out there for your team, they're going to reward you at the end of the day. I think, you know, even with the reward, the contract still looks like a great value. And yes, Daniel, he went out there and he played really, really good football last year. He was one of only six tackles that had at least 500 pass blocking snaps and gave up two sacks or less, right? So, like, he was tied for third as far as, you know, sacks allowed last year for offensive tackles that had at yeah. least 500 pass blocking 586 snaps. pass block snaps. Only 28 pressures allowed. I know that, like, those numbers are kind of hard to put into context, but basically he gave up a pressure once every 21 snaps and a sack every 293 snaps, right? <laughs> this is a dude who was a total liability, a dude who... You know, basically had to sit on the sidelines and watch Storm Norton play opposite of Rashawn Slater in 2021. Like, that's how far this dude is. A guy you didn't even want on special teams, right? Like, yeah. I mean, David, there's 64 starting NFL tackles in the league, right? And we know who the top tier are, right? Sure. Trey Pipkins in 2022 was the 15th best in pass blocking efficiency, right? Like, the top half of the top half. Like, he was already an above average, a good good tackle in pass protection, right? And I think we know that the run blocking actually got hurt a lot when he was hurt. Yeah. He was even on the injury report up through the Jacksonville game. He didn't have a great game in the playoffs, but like he was dealing with that knee injury the whole season and still put together an above average season attack one. David, I mean, if you would have told me any season, you know, over the last 10 seasons, hey, I'm going to assure you the Chargers are going to get above average play from right tackle. That's never been a given for this team. There was a lot never. of Trent Scott's and Sam Tevy's Right, even Joe Barksdale before you get to this in the Brian Blaga saga, right? Like, it, it's just it was such a sore spot, and like, I know people were skeptical of the Trey Pipkin signing, but to have that guy in your building to get him as the tenth highest paid right tackle, according to you know Spotrack in the league, like that's it seems crazy to me. Like it was a great deal, and I'm bullish yeah. on Trey Pipkins. I think in a healthy season, he's going to show exactly why he got that contract. I agree. Then it gets a lot sketchier, David, because the one thing that both of us are very concerned about, the biggest question for this team is if the depth on this team can hold up. Because we talked about Will Clapp. I like him, but he's just not Corey Lindsley. Still think it was an important hire. But now, right now, David, like the swing tackle for this team is either between Foster Sarrell or Jordan McFadden, who is a fifth-round pick this year, another tackle that they're trying to convert to guard. Like, It's going to be very hard to talk me into kind of having blind faith in the unit that's behind what we feel like is a pretty good starting five. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there that, that can say, hey, yeah, if one, you know, one of my top five guys goes down, yeah, there's going to be a big problem. But, I mean, you got to look at what Foster Sale did last year. I mean, he played 250 snaps, and he started you know, two, you know, pretty much three football games, two complete ones and one where he took over and he played most of that game. But 186 pass blocking snaps, 18 pressures, six hits, and two sacks. And his pass block grade was not great but his run block grade was horrible and, and so for first for that that's the guy right there that if you know Rashawn Slater gets hurt or if Trey Pipkins gets hurt Foster Sale is going to be the first guy in the game at least he was last year and hey for Foster Sale at least he liked to see that he was hooking up with Duke Manyweather the O-line you know masterminds 
you know, guru, you know, O-line guru. Hopefully, you know, that was able, he was able to get some good work in and, you know, he's able to uh, improve his game because he has the measurables, right? He has the size. He has the weight that you look for. He was a, a highly touted kind of prospect. But, I mean, from what we've seen from him, I mean, it hasn't been good enough. So one injury away from that guy being on the field a lot, I don't know at this point right now, before we could get into training camp, you can feel really good about that proposition. I mean, there's four guys that we imagine will be in the mix to some degree. It's Foster yeah. Cero, it's Will Clapp, it's Jordan McFadden, the fifth-round pick, and it's Brandon Hymas, who, yeah. another guy, it's just impossible to feel like, who of those guys do you feel super confidently? And, I mean, think you say Jordan McFadden just because he's the one you haven't seen you know, That's get right. cooked. <laughs> like, he's the one guy you haven't seen get cooked on the NFL yep. level because he hasn't played there yet. But it's just really risky to go in thinking you have another Jamari Sawyer and Jordan McFadden. I like no. Jordan McFadden. He was Dane Brugger's eighth-ranked guard in the draft. There's a lot of people who had him much higher as a sixth-round pick or fifth-round pick, but still, yeah. it, it's very unusual what you saw from Jamari Sawyer. And, and I think it's nice that hopefully the Chargers seeing what happened with Jamari Sawyer will give him a true shot at being the swing tackle and maybe the first guard on the field, right? But it's just hard to assume it at this point. Yeah. He is one of the guys I'll be watching most closely. Oh, definitely. Brendan Hymas, 2021 draft pick, fifth-round pick, another tackle converting to guard. He got in for 18 total snaps last year, and he had he gave up five pressures and one penalty. He has 23 career snaps. It's just impossible to feel good about. Like maybe he's improved a lot, but the Chargers have seemed very afraid to put him on the field. And the very small sample size we've seen of him on the field kind of show you why they've been afraid to put him on the field. So like, it, it's just tough. Like I, Jordan McFadden's the guy I'm most hopeful for out of this group, but it does feel like this is a group that's a couple injuries away, David, from having a lot of guys you don't really want to see on the field have to go on the field but jordan mcfadden is definitely the guy that's like hey he he's the hope let's hope <laughs> yeah. that he can do something good in training camp or we just see a much improved version of you know foster Sarah, maybe brendan hymas but overall i'm very very confident in this group i, I love the excitement of the fact that the charge could have a really good offensive line yes. but that's gonna wrap things up for today's show for the everydayers we'll be back with you guys tomorrow we're gonna be getting some fan mail stuff soon some more offensive or more offensive and defensive position groups and some training camp battles and storylines as well. But to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast. And you also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's page at Locked On LAC. And you can also find us at Locked On Chargers on Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. So we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. We appreciate you guys, as always, even when we're going on vacation and everything we had going on, still being back here and supporting. We love you guys, and we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. But until then, guys, take it easy, and go Bolts.